My name is Chris Fett and welcome to Just Fucking Win on Saturday at 3. So on this episode we're going to be doubling up um, by looking back on Rangers 1-0 victory over Aberdeen at Ibrox last weekend and we'll also be looking ahead to this Saturday's lunchtime Old Firm kickoff um, against Celtic. So joining me to go through this is Kenny. Kenny, how are you doing mate? I'm not too good, bad mate, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm alright, I'm alright. I'm, I'm probably as okay as I can be considering that it's end of the season um, the fans have finally chucked it I think I think that's safe to say we all kind of wait for the end of the season to come um, and this is typically and traditionally where Rangers players or this Rangers team this is when they start to you know try and prove their worth to us but we'll obviously come on we'll, talk, we'll, we'll, we'll speak about the Aberdeen game um, in kind of minute detail because we'll focus more on the, the Celtic game obviously availability this week's not been great for any of us so that's why we've had to kind of double up but I'm I'm glad that the, the players I would have to say to cut them some slack not that they deserve it but I'm glad that the players have not got the same attitude as the fans I've seen enough on uh, the weekend there against Aberdeen to suggest that they've no chopped the towel and however on the other side of things um I would say, on personal point of view, this obviously, Kenny, you can disagree or agree with me if you, all you want, but um, I would say just don't dare try and pull the wheel over our eyes. Don't dare try and um, tr- you know try really hard to show us that you're worth another chance. Uh, don't don't dare even attempt to you know try and force your way into the plans of next season. I'm looking at players like Scott right there. I thought he was very good. But you can see a mile away what he's doing. And of course. And Kenny, I'm, I'm sick of it. I am sick of it. The, the, the attitude of Scott Wright at the weekend there should have been the attitude of Scott Wright this whole season. And I, I know it's weird to almost mildly criticise a player for playing well. It's the timing. It's the the meaningless the meaninglessness of the game. And... I know I've kind of started off as a negative here. We've still got a team lineup to go through and a hmm. all that, but I, I, I can't be asked being gaslit by the players anymore. No, I totally agree. Um, it was one of those games in uh, Saturday, wasn't it? It was uh, sorry Sunday. Um, yeah, as you say, players playing out their skin or trying to play out their skin when it doesn't matter is not what we needed this season. So no. Uh, no. Yeah, Scott Wright was the perfect example, as you say. He turned up and played out his skin for a period there, didn't he? And mm. he's like, well, it's, the boy's been here three years. And Jolly. no, yeah. it's not, not going to wash with us anymore. And it's that's quite a sad thing to say, isn't it? But yeah. it's it's kind of totally true that we need a root and branch clear out. And uh, Scott, Scott Wright's one of them that I would like to see uh, move on to pastures new, Chris, because he's not good enough. I don't mean to no. be personal about the kid, but he's not. He's he's not what we need. Uh, his numbers are poor, and uh, yeah, turning up and playing well for 15, 20 minutes is not going to cut it. I'm afraid, not for me anyway. Well, I think you're you're misconstruing yourself a wee bit there, Kenny. It would cut it if he was consistently doing that throughout the season. If, if you know what well, I mean. Yeah, that's very true, but. But the fact you're coming on in a dead rubble and we can all see what he's trying to do, you know what I mean? And and, and we're wise to it now from these players. Uh, and as I say, I'm just sick of it. It's the same old story. Four times out of the last five years we've been in a situation like this where the players really, really try their hardest to earn that, you know, that position at pre-season so that they can reset and go again and then 
poor form leads to a league title being lost and then we're back to the dead rubbles and then they do it again and as I say, I think the fan base are, we're wised it now, is, is that fair to say? Well, the pressure's off, isn't it, Chris? There's no pressure on these guys whatsoever, so all of a sudden they, they can play with this little bit of freedom that um, they, they can, uh, uh, what's the word you're looking for? Um, express. express themselves, yeah. Um, well, you may express yourself when the pressure's on and at, at its highest, and we've just got a team that can't do that, so... Uh, no, you're absolutely right, Chris. We've, you know, we haven't even started yet, and we're <laughs> we're at this, you know. But it's true. It is absolutely true. Yeah, it's a decent enough win uh, on Sunday, but it, it not, changes I'm... nothing and it alters Aye. nobody's mindset at all. I don't think. I think it's fair to point out, just to be balanced, that the players at the moment are in a lose-lose situation. You know what I mean? They can't win. Uh, if they play well and scud teams between now and the end of the season, it's still not going to be good enough. However, if they turn up and get scudded themselves, they're going to get criticism. So I, I, I do believe they are going to get criticism either way. I mean, we've just proven it. We've spent five minutes here starting on a really kind of major negative, despite the fact that we did win at the weekend. But it's it's just uh, too little too late. And the, the attitude of some of the players at the weekend was spot on. Of course it was. Um, but I just expect to see that in games that actually matter. That's my they're, they're, that's where my standards are as a Rangers player and eh, sorry as a Rangers fan. And we've not seen that enough. Would you say that's a fair summary? I think it's a perfect summary. The, the, the perfect example of it is we played Aberdeen what two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. Turned up there, uh, should have had the game out of sight in the first half. Pressures on, didn't do it. Um, turned out in the second half and it was a shambles and. Yeah. It's the same team we've played, and yeah, Aberdeen are in a decent run of form and all the rest of it, but come on, it, there's no pressure on these players whatsoever, there is nothing to play for, um, so it doesn't matter, as you say, you know, these guys could turn around and beat anybody 4, 5, 6, 7, seven nothing now, and it's utterly irrelevant in the grand scheme of things, and it's... Uh, I'm I'm the same as you, Chris. That that's what I mean. I'm, my mindset is uh, I'm now blinkered and looking towards next season and a total clear out in the summer and see where we go. And no matter who plays well, I'm not interested. I'm just not interested anymore. And it's a quite a sad thing to say, but it's true. This uh, season's well, been a shambles. I, I agree, pretty much in the whole. We're at the, the only um, slight disagreement of we is, and we will come on to this. Um, I was really, really pleased about uh, Robbie McCrory's performance. So um, that, that's a boy that's not had a chance. That's a boy that we've not seen at all. And then he comes in and produces a performance like that, which I, I, we will talk about that um, laterally as we go on. So um, just before I come to the team news, um, a bit of news obviously coming out of the press conference uh, before the game, that Malik Tillman's uh, spell... It's effectively came to an end. He's now returned to Germany. Uh, hamstring or injury, I think it was. Um, so he won't kick a ball again this season for Rangers. Hopefully, well, in my point of view, hopefully he will kick a ball next season for us. But probably the right thing there, Kenny. We could have probably maybe uh, nurtured him back to kind of get 90 minutes towards the end of the season um, in, in one of the kind of later games. But it's probably best not taking a risk, especially that he's no other player, especially we've got an eye on maybe kind of permanently getting him. So you don't want to, you don't want to aggravate that injury anymore, do you? No, not at all. Uh, and to be fair, with nothing to play for, then Aye. it's kind of pointless trying to rush the kid back, isn't it? Um, let him go back, let him settle back home. 
let him look back on his season, see where he thinks his future lies. I think he's got some options over in Germany and other places. So, you know, I'd, I'd be delighted if he came back for next season in a permanent deal. But I, I, to be honest, I've just got this kind of hunch that uh, it's not going to happen and I'm not holding my breath. And that's not in the fair. That's just kind of hearsay, yeah. isn't it? That he's got other options and he wants to explore them perhaps. But, Listen, he, he's had a good season for us. He's been he's been very decent, and uh, I, I would love to see the kid back. But you're absolutely right. There's no point in trying to bring this kid back for this season. There's nothing to play for. So, yeah, you kind of did answer the the next question I had for you, but we can just have a quick discussion on it. On the whole, we'd say obviously I would I would agree with you there and say it was a, a pretty successful loan spell for Malik Tillman. Obvious criticism. Um, that's coming his way for the loan spell is perhaps maybe in the big games he's not really turned up um, I would tend to agree with that I think that's one of my criticisms of him uh, however I've always been of the opinion um, and especially the second half of the season uh, whereas if he never turns up in these big games yeah of course that is a concern uh, but in order to win a league you need to beat the other teams and he's shown that he has a match winner in those other, those other games, you know, those lesser games. So I would sign him for that reason alone because I, I think easily we could double our money, easily double our money. So, And you know you're going to get um, the output from him is going to be quite significant in those lesser games. And it's all about coaching him for the bigger games because it, the, the, the frustrating thing is, and I totally get it, uh, by the way, that he's just no learning in these games against Celtic. He thinks he's got all the time in the world to kind of be on the ball and dictate the tempo and, and do his nice wee fancy stuff, which he can do against Dundee United, Hearts, Hibs, etc. But against Celtic, you don't get that opportunity, um, especially the way they play. And I, as I say, I understand the criticism there because it does just seem that he's not learning from it. So is that a concern for you? Uh, if, if obviously we sign him that in these games, he is pretty much a passenger. Well, he, he certainly was a passenger. For this season, but can you do you see scope for improvement there from him? Well, there certainly a scope for improvement. But do you do you see him learning these lessons? I do actually. Yeah, um, I'll tell you what. I I actually think the criticism of him not turning up in big games is a wee bit harsh because he did turn up against uh, it was at Union Saint Galois. He turned yeah. up against PSV in the last game uh, where he got his injury. Uh, in the semi-final I thought he was actually playing quite well uh, he, w- he wasn't a great game but I thought he was playing quite well and when Gio was here seeing those big games Chris I, I-, I thought Gio really played him in the wrong way I thought he was putting him out right and he was having to track up and down and up and down that right wing try to help Tavernier um, and couldn't get on the ball the way you want Malik Tillman to get on the ball which is facing forward and running out of defence. He didn't get much of an opportunity in those games. I didn't think that like Champions League games or games against Celtic, I didn't really think he got much of that until Michael Beale came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll come. The, the boys get bags and bags of talent, Chris. He, he, he's a very, very intelligent player. He's got He's got just about everything, actually. The boy can tackle, he can, he can score, he can run with the ball. He's deceptively, deceptively quick. Actually, he's not the fastest, but he's quicker than he looks, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's a right good player. And if he does come back, I, I must admit, I'll be delighted because I think you could build with the four or five that are going to be there in that first 11 next season, uh, if he was to be there as well. that You could build a team around that and 
younger, fitter, hungrier, healthier bodies around about him would make a massive difference, I think, actually. So I'd love to see him come back. Um, but I do think the criticism, as I say, has been a wee bit harsh on him at times because there's been other players out there that, you know, in these big games that have not, just haven't turned up or kicked a ball or whatever way you want to put it. Um, so he's a 20-year-old kid in his first season in professional football. It'll come. Yeah. It'll come for that kid. He's a proper player. Just on the team news against Aberdeen, uh, Michael Beal really did bring the changes. Uh, he's been kind of threatening this for a couple of weeks now, talking about certain players going to get their chances. Uh, so he started with Bobby McCrory and goals, which uh, was good to see. Tavit right back, Goldson Davies centre back, Red Van Yilma started, uh, Lundstrom and Raskin in midfield, Cantwell, Haji Matondo and Sakala up front. So, what, what did you make of that, Kenny, that, that, that uh, team line-up? I thought he'd, uh, yeah, I thought he, delighted to see McCrory there, thought uh, Red Van Yilma has deserved his chance. Um, again, we've been saying this every week in this pod, Chris, that, that he's just got so few options that you know, where you'd like to see eight or nine changes, you're only seeing four or five because he just doesn't have the the talent in that squad anymore and, uh, you know, all the hunger. So, you know, for me, I was quite happy to see that the changes that were made. I thought Matondo uh, in for Kent, I think that was an injury for Kent, obviously, but yeah, he should have been in front of him anyway, whether he was injured or not, just to see what he's like, give him a chance on the left-hand side. Um, I don't know what you thought, but I thought, all those kids came in and took their chance reasonably well on Sunday. Uh, they've done all right considering, but Matondo's just not for me. Uh, no, but uh, to be fair, he get as much output out of Rabbi Matondo on Sunday as we've had out of Ryan Kent all season. Uh, that's what I would say. The bar's not that high though, mate. That's what I no, mean. it's not, but he did put he did, he did did put two or three on a plate for Fashion Sakala, didn't he? Well, you know, if Sakala takes his chances, he's got a couple of assists to his name, so... That's another issue that we have, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, shouldn't laugh, but yes, we do. Uh, yeah. We'll obviously come on to the comments from Michael Beale after the game. Um, look, there's, I don't want to go through kind of hit by hit here. Uh, I'll, I'll sort of just maybe some talking points in the game, and then obviously wax lyrical about the goal because it was a sensational goal. But obviously, yeah. I don't really understand this, Kenny. Now, the conspiracy theory is that Rangers uh, are getting favours from from the SFA and the referees and such. Um, and that was obviously the, the narrative coming out of this game. Both, well, I would say Barry Robson. Barry Robson's a manager. He's entitled to ask the question, so that's fair enough. But obviously, a lot of the pundits are just coming away with absolute bullshit. It's just utter... I mean, how brave and plucky are Celtic, Kenny, to get 11 titles out of 12 despite the fact that the whole world's against them, despite the fact that Rangers are getting every single favour um, granted to them, and yet plucky Celtic are still managing to win trophy after trophy. How, how, just how amazing is that? It's just incredible, isn't it? It's quite a strange one. I, I, I'll i tell you a little quick story. I had a, a customer of mine come in uh, yesterday, and it's the first, he's a Celtic fan. It was the first thing he said was uh, Connor Goldson, eh? And... I'm not sure the guy will be back because... Kenny, can I just say, it's incredible that you know exactly the incident I'm talking about without me even mentioning Goldson's name. I know. Just, <laughs> he, he comes on and I, the first thing I say is, well, it's quite strange that that's the talking point this for you when you've walked in the door when you've won the league, isn't it? Um, it's incredible. 
Uh, I said, mm-hmm. not, not only did you win the league, but, you know, you've had a Hearts player sent off for what is a yellow card and nothing more um, in your game, but you want to talk about Rangers' decisions. It's quite incredible. Um, and I would always say this, that you've just said it, is it 11 out of 12 or 12 out of 13 league titles? They've got, if they win this Scottish Cup, it'll be, what is it, 17 of the last 21 trophies or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. Um, see this conspiracy, it's not very good for us. I'd rather we just get no decisions then. And we do, do you know what I mean? It's, it's just incredible. Uh, it, it just winds me up. Um, and that's it's probably the worst conspiracy theory in the, the history of conspiracy theories because it's, it's the lack of research, Kenny. Um, because the narrative is Rangers only conceded a penalty all season. And yeah, I'm pretty uh-huh. sure I've seen Patrick Fissel score a penalty at Ibrox. They did indeed. Uh, and it's, it's the conspiracy theory that they... they choose to see what they want to see, ignore every decision that they get. Now, I can think in the last seven or eight years, honestly, of cup semi-finals, cup finals, that they've had, honestly, seven, eight, nine decisions that have went their way in a massive, massive game. Uh, even a couple of weeks ago when we played them, when the Morelos goal, they never talk about these things. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just our decisions they want to talk about. There, there is an element of... Uh, Scottish football's uh, society that is utterly obsessed and it's quite pathetic actually it's but and we've mentioned this before in deep dives and stuff like that until we start working the same way Chris it's not going to change oh you had Barry Ferguson come out and say that um, it was a stonewall penalty um, you know and that, that that's the kind of that's that's what we're talking about you know having a Rangers legend come out and actually give substance to this bullshit uh, um, on the yeah. itself now, the, the the one thing I want to talk about before we get to the actual incident between Duke and, and Goldson was the, the fact that it led to uh, how how this um, how this incident came about, which was there, there was a, a free ball in the middle of the park and it was ninety it was a ninety ten you obviously hear fifty fifties but it was literally a ninety ten in favour of Ben Davis yeah and and Ben Davis I, I, I well I don't want to be derogatory everybody knows the derogatory term is he shot it. Um, Gary, I'm struggling here to think of any other term because, um, as I say, I really don't want to be derogatory, but I, I can't think of any other term here. It completely pulls out of the tackle. He didn't fancy it, even though it was 90% in his favour, I would say. And then the ball goes down to the uh, Rangers' left-hand side. Duke kind of cuts in um, and Goldson, look, I'll call it as it is, Goldson does tumble over him. But when you look at the picture, um, the picture is Duke's got both his arms around the back of Goldson. Duke's in front of Goldson, but both his arms are wrapped around the back of Goldson. Mm-hmm. So they've had to go right round. And Duke's fell down, and obviously he's brought Goldson down with him. So it's, it's just categorically not a penalty. And I'm not even too sure it was actually inside the box either, because the, the actual contact started um, outside the box. But I, I, obviously there's an argument there. If it can, continues into the box, it may well could be a penalty, obviously, if there's a legitimate foul there. But at the end of the day, there's just no legitimate foul there, because Duke's the one pulling him down. If anything, you could argue Rangers uh, should have received a, a free kick for it. So it was the correct decision. Uh, there, there is no ambiguity about it at all for me. Um, I don't think any referee in, in, in world football would have awarded that penalty when you consider that VAR looks at all angles, or, or at least it should. And the minute VAR seen, seen what Duke was doing to Goldson, it's not a penalty. And, and it's as simple as that. Now, listen, what am I getting for this? What, what, are, what are Rangers going to benefit for this? Because if Aberdeen scored the penalty, who gives a f- The league's won. I know. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't care. So I'm not trying to like 
you know, quash a conspiracy theory because what what is um what is Rangers going to benefit from this, and what are Celtic going to um what what's going to be detrimental to Celtic when the league is over? They are just mental. So Kenny, first of all, before you actually come to the incident between Duke and Goldson itself, uh, Ben Davis. Nah, he's he's just not. For me, Chris, I know that I remember the the incident you're talking about. Uh, there was a couple of them actually. There's one other one where he dives in, um, <laughs> leaves himself on his backside, twenty yards away from everybody else. It was a ridiculous. Um, he's just no my cup of tea. I think he'll be away in the summer, Chris. I don't think he's uh, he's not cut out for Scottish football. I think that's the nicest way I could put it. Um, you need to be brave in Scottish football. You've got you've got to man up. Uh, in our game, and I, I just don't. It's quite an incredible. I think you said it uh, a while back. We've got a a Rangers centre half that doesn't like the physical side of the game. Yeah. Well, well, that tells you all you need to know about him. Uh, and it's it's not not a personal thing. I think he's actually a, a tidy football player, and he's um, he, you know, he's probably tailor made for other leagues actually, but not he's not tailor made for Rangers. He's just. You know, without being derogatory about him uh, too much, uh, I've seen dozens upon dozens upon dozens of better centre halves than Ben Davies in a Rangers jersey. He's not. He's just not good enough, mate. Not see, for me, anyway. See if you look. See if you actually look look at it, and I know they're slightly different um, generations, if you will, not that far apart. In all honesty, but if you put these two players like um, beside each other, like Ben Davis and David Weir, uh, Ben Davis is a better football player, hands down, every day of the week. Absolutely the best, better football player out of the two of them. Um, but when it comes to the mentality, we need a David Weir. Uh, yep. you know, and, and and Ben Davis is never going to be a David Weir. Uh, which then means that Ben Davis, unfortunately for Rangers, is is not going to be good enough because you can be the best neat and tidy defender in the world, really, but if you only willing to do the, the rough and tumble, it's just simply not going to work uh, at this football club. Um, and it's, it's not a unique problem, really, just to Rangers. It's it's the league. It's the league. It is. Uh, and, and again, it can, you know what I'm going to come back to here. Um, player profile, Ross Wilson. I'm... I was convinced at the time, but um, pretty much you will never change my mind on this. We signed him because he was available. Um, and it's no coincidence that that deal was done. It's probably the quickest deal that we've done in a long time. Bassey was at the door and literally 48 hours later, Ben Davis signed, sealed and delivered. So there, there was no joined up thinking there. It was no. Ben Davis is available. Let's get him in. Um, and well... I'll stop you a wee second and just talk about what we are just talking about there. Look at Calvin Bassey and look at Ben Davies and tell me that Ben Davies is any kind of replacement for Calvin Bassey. Really? It's, it's crazy. It, it is. It's a nonsense. And listen, as I say, he's a tidy enough football player. He's, he's probably a very decent championship player in England. But in England, teams can win the league down there, you know, losing 55 and 60 goals a season. You know, the, 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 it's end-to-end stuff and we can't do that. We have to keep clean sheets and the record speaks for itself. We have not done that with this kid in the team. Um, and I, I, as I say, I, I totally agree with you. The only reason I can, you know, surmise that to why we signed him is because he was available and quite fancied it and we went, right, OK. There's no homework done there. There's no, you know, Beg your pardon, no due diligence uh, on him either. It's 
he's just not a Rangers player, Chris, is he? Let's, let's, let's not no. beat about the bush. He's not. Um, Quite simply, uh, for me, uh, and I think for you, Kenny, not that I want to put words in your mouth, but simply has to go. Um, cannot be retained going forward because he's just not what's required. Um, I'm sure he will go to a decent team and I'm sure he will uh, have a decent end to his career. But sadly, um, I would be both surprised and disappointed if you know he was here next season. Um, on the actual incident itself, what's your thoughts uh, with Duke and Goldson? Well, I'll ask you one thing. Did, did Duke look for a penalty? Was he screaming for a penalty? Was any Aberdeen player screaming for a penalty? They just got up and got on with it and took the... Was it, did it go out for a corner, if I remember right? Christ, I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it bad. I think it did. I think it went out for a corner, eventually. And uh, I, I just I could not understand it later on when they were all going on about this. I was like, what is going on? It's, it's just weird. It, it was not a penalty... Uh, not for me, personally. I didn't think it was a penalty. I thought it was six of one and half a dozen of the other. The pair of them had their arms right round each other. I thought Duke did quite well to get in front of Goldson. Um, but Goldson lets go. Uh, he realises, you know, and Duke, as you say, has got both arms on Goldson as well. It's not a penalty. But, yeah, we've got people in uh, quite anonymous uh, YouTube channels telling us it is, haven't we? So, yeah, all a bit odd. You know. Yeah, those those YouTube uh, channels that you talk about, Jenny, they cost quite a lot of money because uh, I hear that the guy running it's lost quite a lot of money. So that's a shame, isn't it? That's a shame. That is a tragedy, yeah. yeah. No, but anyway. But, but then again, that's the thing. This is why they're probably doing it, Chris. It's to, <laughs> yeah, to get their wee bit of publicity for five minutes. Yep, absolutely. Um, Kenny, were you quite concerned about the amount of long balls going over our defence and, and Aberdeen caught us in the counter-attack? I think it was two or three times that happened. Um, or I'm saying, were you quite surprised? No. I'd be, I was going to say, I'd be surprised. <laughs> we're surprised. Um, it's, it's just indicative of, of how we defend and it's to be cut open with one pass over the top. Aye, it's, it's just not good enough, is it? No. Listen, this has been going on since... Uh... The, the start of last season, actually, uh, the, the game that we knew we were talking about that there instantly springs to mind was the Hibs semi-final last year when Gerard left and the way Hibs exposed that time and time and time again. They just one ball over the top. The game last season, the start of last season was Malmo. The second half of that, one ball, one ball over the top in between the the centre halves and the fullbacks. We have not dealt with that at all. We can't deal with it. It's uh, why, you know, three managers down now, we still can't do it, is beyond me, but it tells you all you need to know about this squad. It's, it's something that really does, when you you know yourself when you're sitting at the game, you just shake your head. It's, it's yeah. over and over and over again. Like, the, thing, the thing I can't handle the most is you can see it happening before it happens. Yeah. And that that that's just as frustrating as the actual event um, happening is when you can see it just about to happen. You go right if I can see that, like, you know what I mean. And you but can what, see an opponent's target, you know, yeah. targeting the area, and it doesn't get dealt with. It. Aye. The, the, the thing that I, I just don't get about it is you've just gave a couple of examples there where it happened numerous times in one match. If it happens once in a match, okay, that stuff can happen. But to know learn your lesson and for it to repeat, repeatedly happen, that's what makes it all the more frustrating because you're like, like, that just fucking happened. Concentrate, you know, and keep keep your shape, no gaps. 
Um, you know, you know the danger man who's going to actually put the ball over the top, getting hard on him, get tighter to him. But no, it's it's just a case of we get away with that. So we'll, we'll, it's, it's almost kind of this high risk football that the really best teams could play. Yet we've just lost another league, and it's like I don't know, I, I don't know. It's it's frustrating. It's really really frustrating. But as I say, hopefully we'll see the last of that because it is enough to take years off your life, don't it? Yeah, but we need to see the end of it. Uh, you know, Michael Beale's got to be looking at that, looking at, as I say, Michael Beale was here when, when Malmo turned up and turned us over in that 10 minutes at the start of that second half. And I don't know if you remember that game, uh, but I'll tell you, what, what they were doing is they, their keeper, I always remember this, and I'm, I know I'm deviating here, but it's very quick. It's just to highlight the, the point you're making. Their keeper was taking a bye kick and he was wasting time. It looked what looked like wasting time. And Ryan Kent started to come forward, okay? And at the minute Kent came forward, the boy, their, their keeper gave it to their fullback, who first time would launch it in, up in between Balogun and Barisic. Barisic had already come up to the halfway line because Kent had came forward. Mm-hmm. And the big gate, this big gap was just there. It was a big 20-yard gap, circle gap, that he could pick, you know, pick a ball to, you know, place a ball to. And... We had we instantly exposed at the back, and it's over and over again, and it's been going on since, but maybe been going on since before then. But that's the first time I really noticed it. Um, and as I say, that's two full seasons, and we have not been able to deal with this. Uh, no matter what what team, you know, what personnel we put out, it's the same, uh, and it's the same on the other side. Actually, I don't know. I'm not trying to pick on that side either. It's the same with Connor Golden and James Tavernier. They pick on that because Tavernier's so far forward as well. It's that ball over the top. We can't deal with it. Yeah. On to the goal itself. We're kind of huffing and puffing a wee bit, Kenny. It was kind of creating enough chances, but obviously Michael Beale alluded to it. We're very wasteful. He said we're probably the most wasteful football team he's ever known. Um, <laughs> you know, says it all itself when the manager's coming out with something like that. But, yeah, the, I mean, he's not wrong, is he? Because it, no. we create a lot of chances. We just don't have a finisher. We'll come on to that discussion soon as well. Um, but the, the goal itself... In games like this, you're either going to get a mistake or a moment of magic. Um, and we almost got both, obviously, because uh, Aberdeen almost scored a belter of an own goal. I think it was Johnny Hayes. I mean, yeah. no better guy if scored an own goal for us. But um, <laughs> it did come through a moment of magic. Ball comes in from Bernard Barisic. Todd Cantwell just sweeps home this beautiful volley into the back of the net. Uh, yeah, Todd's a, Todd's a big player for us now. Um, massive player for us. Very, very important. And people talk about Tillman. I'm going to talk about Cantwell. We build the team around Cantwell. We need, genuinely need, 11 Todd Cantwells. His attitude is spot on. His application is spot on. The the, the way he plays the game, with a smile on his face, spot on. The, the passion he shows, spot on. And his technique and skill level is spot on. So 11 Todd Cantwells would do for me, Kenny. Absolutely. And I like his aggression as well. I, I like the fact that uh, and excuse my friends, but he takes no shit. No, right. There was a you know when he get booked, the incident when he get booked, uh, you could tell Scales had left his mark on him, hip high or whatever it was. He wasn't he wasn't having it at all, was he? Um, straight to him, pushes him over. Dafty's falling out as if falling about as if he's get punched in the face. Uh, uh, but listen, go, to go back to the to the goal, he makes it look so easy, doesn't he? I mean, it's. What an incredibly difficult skill, you know, when the ball's dropping as as quickly as that, and he just times it to perfection. 
and smashes it in the bottom far corner. Yeah. Exactly where he's trying to put it. It's incredible. What a finish. Yeah, One of the goal. best goals I've seen all season, actually. Yeah, just, yeah, you just thought I'm having this. And um, Warrior won in any match. And yeah. thankfully, it was the difference in the day. And Rangers get the three points. But ultimately... It doesn't actually matter. So, uh, but again, it's good. It's good to get one over them. Um, look, we'll come on to Michael Beale's uh, press conference, post-match press conference, as we said. But let's talk about some individuals now: McCrory, Yilmaz, uh, Haji, Matondo. You, you would say those are the guys that were given the chance to show, show, um, show something, and make an impact, play your way into next season. These are the guys who you'd probably say they're not quite get them out. It's probably like you've got a chance, so show us. Um, McCrory and Yomas took it for me. Haji, I understand it's uh, it was a horrific injury, but if if he doesn't, he's done okay, right? He's no, he's not poor by any stretch of the imagination, but I've expected more from Haji since he came back for his injury. He came back in January, well, now in May, so I expected more. Now, people can say, oh, he's not been given a chance, but he's not been given a chance for a reason. Um, and if we get offered between five and eight million for him in the summer, Kenny, I'm biting their hand off and I'm accepting it. And obviously, I know the decision's not mine. I'm just theoretically talking here, but um, I would sell him. If we get the right money for him, I would absolutely sell him. However, flip side, if we're going to keep Haji, uh, he's got a lot of work to do this summer, this preseason. And again, I'll caveat that. I know that he's had a terrible injury and I know he's worked his ass off. Um, but when you get when you work your ass off to a certain extent to get your physicality back, which you obviously need to do with these injuries, that's fine. But you then need to really work hard at your football. I'm not saying he hasn't. I'm only saying where he's at just now is obviously not quite good enough. Um, so what's your what's your thoughts on on Haji? Do you think I'm being a wee bit harsh there? No, I don't actually. Um, I like Yanis Haji as a player. I actually think he's a very technically gifted player, but. I, again, I, I tend to agree with what you've just said about coming back from this injury. We all know how difficult that is. I've had an ACL injury when I was a kid, and it takes a yard of pace off you right away, and it does. Um, I've got to say, Kenny, I don't, I don't think Hadji can afford to get a yard of pace taken off. Well, that, that's exactly what I was going to say, you know, and I was trying to think of a nice way to say it, but he's not the quickest either. Um, so that is going to be a, an issue for him. Uh, he might want... In a sense, when I say an issue for him, uh, it's blood and guts in the Scottish Premier League. It's blood and thunder. We all know that. Um, and you, you, you've got to be quick off the mark. And I would worry for him in our league, actually. I've got to be honest. In terms of uh, him thinking, he's, you know, you would mention that about Tillman, thinking he, you know, he's got time on the ball. Uh, he was played effectively where. Tillman would play, wasn't he, on, on Sunday? And he was even slower than Tillman is, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I, I, I tend to agree. I, I don't think we'd get eight million for him at all. I think if you can get four or five million for him, yeah, you you look to you look to move him on with our best wishes and hope he has a great career elsewhere. Because, uh, as I say, I like him, and if he stays and he, you know, he works hard, um, he might get in that team. But at this minute in time, I, I just can't see him playing for Rangers much. Uh, even next season with a brand new team, there's okay. going to be a lot of pace brought in. I would imagine Chris, and he's going to struggle. 
I think the way to look at it is just say there is four million. I know people might say we're underselling a wee bit, but and, and people might say, look, give, we know what has you can do, give them another chance, all this kind of stuff. But the way I would look at it right now is look at what Hadji's given us at the moment, which is very minimum. Obviously, there's extenuating circumstances there. Of course, there is. Uh, but if you look at what he's given us just now compared to what we can probably get for four million, now that Ross Wilson's away, because I know Ross Wilson would be able to find somebody even worse for four million, but. <laughs> Um, it's it's an improvement every way you look at it. If if that is the case, if we retain him, there needs to be a marked improvement. And do you know what? Hadji's a clever boy. He knows that himself. So, um, look, I don't I didn't expect him to be a world beater against Aberdeen, but I just expected to see a wee bit more. But there's still plenty of games between now and the end of the, well, no plenty of games, but still a good few games between now and the end of the season for him to kind of make his mark there. Uh, Matondo, uh, Kenny, it's it's probably one of those things. Perhaps if I'm honest. Maybe I've just formed an opinion and I don't want to move away or deviate away from that opinion. Possibly that is the case. I'm just being stubborn. I just don't see it. And I, and I get what you're saying, you know, he maybe offered the same as Ryan Kent, but let's be honest, what the fuck's Ryan Kent offered us? So, um, look, I, I look at the big picture with Matondo and people might say that this is quite the opposite of the big picture of Matondo because maybe it's short-termism, but the, the big picture of Matondo is hefty wage, hefty fee. He's not a young, young boy. Um 22, uh, 20, 22, 23. He's an internationalist. He's played on the continent. He had a good spell in Belgium. Uh, th- th- there is, there is no, there is no excuse for him not to express himself as the player that he truly is, unless he just simply isn't good enough. And I, I just believe that that is the fact. He just isn't good enough. Now people could come back there and say, well, the bigger picture is give him time. I'm sick of giving people time at Rangers, to be honest. I really am. I really, really am sick of having to give players 12 to 18 months to settle in. And people, and you know, I, Kenny, I just hate this argument. And this argument is such your generation. I'm not saying you yourself, but you'll get this argument more than anyone. It's when people go, ah, but look at, look at Haley. Listen, if you're having to go back to the Haley days to give an example of a player settling in, then does that not kind of tell you where you're at? And again, the most recent example might be, oh, look at Barisic. Well, that's fucking turned up well, hasn't it? You know, so I, I'm I'm not prepared to change my opinion as a Rangers fan about giving players time. They, they do get an initial settling in period, which is generally, you know, your six weeks. But by then we expect performances we expect um you're talking being done in the park and i'm sorry but matondo's just not for me at all no uh listen i'll i'll take you up on your point there about the you know a slightly older generation and uh you know that patience is required kind of mentality the difference now is that at that point when mark i think people maybe forget that but mark when mark hately came in we had a European Golden Boot winner and quite possibly one of the best strikers in Europe uh, that we'd signed at the same time in Morris Johnson. Uh, and then we had an English internationalist. You're talking about three of perhaps the top 15 strikers uh, in Europe at the time that we had at the club. There's a t- That's not relevant in this situation. Yeah. And I'll, I'll also turn around and say that the difference from uh, back then to now is, and people maybe don't get this, is that um, we had a, a scenario. The, the the transfer window wasn't there for yeah. a start. Okay, mm-hmm. so you could just if a guy if a guy wasn't cutting it, you you know, soon as Smith would quietly and swiftly move him out the door, and you get somebody else in. It was much easier to turn over back then, mm-hmm. uh, where it's not now. And also, 
Another thing that about that is that Rangers always had a squad of about 32, 33 players. We had lots and lots of players. So when you brought somebody in, you could give them time. You could, you know, play them, keep them out one week, bring them in the next. You know, that kind of thing. Um, the, the scenario is now utterly different now. You've got a Celtic team that is totally dominant uh, in Scottish football. We don't have time for patience anymore. Um, but the thing is, Kenny, neither do they. And they, they bring in players and they hit the ground running straight away. So we're seeing the benchmark it. And I hate that that term when it comes to them. But currently, it is, it's, in, it's undisputable. We're talking about a rebuild. They're not. They're looking at another treble. So. Yeah, but that's, that's my point. That two seasons ago, they were looking at a, a total rebuild. Yep, they did I, it. Exactly. And, and they, they, they had to remain yeah. patient with Poster Cogley. He lost three of his first six games. Um, and if he had lost perhaps another one or two, it might have went slightly differently, but he didn't. Um, and that's the, that's the problem that we have at this minute is we, we've done the deep dive and you know exactly how I feel about this. But this, this squad of players that we have has been so badly managed uh, from above, not not necessarily from the managers, but from above, that we we now as a fan base uh, are at odds with each other because realistically you need to give players time, but uh, actually in reality these players don't have time. Do you no. know what I mean? They don't have any time. You've got to hit their ground running at, at Ibrooks. You have to. Um, so in that sense, no. Matondo's been here a year. He has barely kicked a ball for us. Uh, and to be frank about it, he's a young Welsh lad, I believe, uh, or English lad plays for Wales. I'm not quite sure which, but um, he is uh, English trained, so uh, English educated. So he'll be worth exactly what we paid for him down in the championship or whatever. We can move him on and get our money back at will. Uh, and I do get that feeling that Michael Beale has got that kind of take on it as well. Anybody that he can go, will go, because he wants to build his own team. Yeah. That's my take on it, Chris. Uh, Yilmaz, just ever so uh, quickly, uh, Yilmaz certainly took his chance for me. I thought Yilmaz was a bit of a breath of fresh air, to be honest. Um, done really, really well, both sides of the game, defensively, and um, the, the attacking side of the game. He he has had a really, really frustrating uh, first year. Um, th- there is Kind of parallels there with Matondo, uh, obviously with the, the big injury and stuff like that, and then um, the big uh, price tag. The, the difference is, every time I see Yilmaz, I see something in him, whereas every time I see Matondo, I don't. Um, Yilmaz is an interesting one for me, because I'm prepared to you know, go into next season with him at left back, but I'm also very open to the fact that if we get our money back for him, do the deal. Yeah, uh, again, he's exactly in exactly the same boat as a number of the signings from last season, Davis, Matondo, him, uh, they're, you know, Cholak, exactly the same situation where you can get your money back on them. They've all, um, Cholak scored 17 goals uh, in, what is it, 38 games or something like that. It's it's a very decent return. Uh, so you'll get your money back on them. Uh, Yilmaz is a different one because any time he has played, he's looked all right, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um if there is interest from back home in Turkey or wherever else, well, we we that, that's exactly what we need to exploit. His stock is still high in Turkey, and yeah, that if we're going to sell him, that's where we sell him to back to his home nation. 
and we get our money back, possibly even flirt with a profit there because young boy, Turkish internationalist, very good player. Um, why would any of the big teams in Turkey not want him? Obviously, came from a big team in Turkey. Why would Besiktas not want him back? Uh, so that's that's where we need to be. We need to be. If we're going to sell Yomas, we need to be selling him to Turkey and exploiting that 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 stock that he currently still has there. Because don't get me wrong, we're not going to sell him to a Spanish team or a French team or, or an English team. They're not going to be interested in him because they don't know anything about him. And let's be honest, it's not exactly been a sparkling spell at Rangers since they signed. But but the Turkish teams, they'll know exactly the type of player he is. And um, I would expect Rangers not to be not, not, not to have the piss taken on him with this deal. This is an easy deal to do if you're going to sell the boy. Back exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's that's where, uh, you know, that's where probably, uh, and I don't know this, but that's probably where Michael Beale and, you know, the Rangers hierarchy are, are at with it. You know, mm-hmm. if we get an offer from him, for him that matches what we paid or slightly more, he, I think the boy will go. I've got to be honest. I think it's just, we're just at that point, Chris, as a football club, that uh, with such a massive... Uh, turnover of players that any money you can get in is going to is going to be to our benefit um, because do you really want you know a bo- I I don't really mean to be derogatory again here but this this kid has been injured for two months of the year three months of the year but apart from that Chris Borna Banisic has been in front of in front of him all season under yeah. two different managers and that that concerns me that what are they seeing in training that is making him pick Borna Barisic every week when we know Borna has it not a bad season actually in some regards, but he's a catastrophe waiting to happen and he still keeps getting a pick over him. So uh, uh, for me, Yilmaz is, is one of them again that, yeah, get him playing. Let's see if he's an absolute gem or not over the next few games. Uh, I'd like to see him against Celtic. I'd like to see uh, on Saturday, see how he does. Um, because if he can stand out in that fixture, then obviously you've got a decision to make, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and finally, uh, just before we come on to all the matters, um, Robbie McCrory absolutely took his chance. And and, I, and I'm being, I don't, I don't think I'm being over the mark here, Kenny. Um, I mean, ever so slightly be getting a wee bit overexcited here. Uh, but in, in, in other ways you can look at it it's just been that bad uh, I, I generally think that's been one of the best individual goalkeeping performances of the season It was terrific to see a goalkeeper making some very good saves because we haven't with all due respect to the other two goalkeepers we just haven't seen that all season mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean that no harm to them because we know how wonderful a keeper Alan McGregor's been over his career but we listen the best thing I could you know, best compliment I could give Robbie McCrory was that he this he made two or three good, really good saves with his feet, and he reminded me of Alan McGregor mm-hmm. and his area with those saves with his feet. Just body there. The first save he made, what was it, about 15, 20 minutes in or something like that? Yeah. Uh, where they, they hit us in a break, uh, and he saved from Dukes a tremendous save, actually, because he's down really quickly to it, and it's hit well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, he, made, he also made a good save for a corner, if I remember right, where he tipped it over the bar. Uh, he, he he looks capable, very capable. Uh, I, think, I think I pretty much presume here that we're going to agree on this. We keep Robbie McCrory for next season. Um, Absolutely. 
number number two at minimum obviously Jack Butland's eminently about to join the club so I think Butland and McCrory is 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 a massive upgrade in what we currently have so that's one one area of the pitch that's the problem solved for me would you agree with that? Absolutely yeah totally because uh, it costs zero that, yeah. that's another positive he costs zero he's a good keeper um, let him fight it out with Butland if it is Butland that turns up uh, for number one next year and see where we go but got confidence anytime I've seen Robbie McCrory for, play for Rangers it, it, I've been quite happy with him I've got to be honest it's only what four or five games he's played now well, but he looks alright to me the, the start Kenny is and this isn't going to go on forever laws of averages but the start is three starts three clean sheets yeah there we go yeah it t- tells you all you need to know because it, we <laughs> could have easily staring us in the face the whole time <laughs> but we, we could have easily lost a couple of goals uh, at, the, at the weekend and he, he kept them out no and yeah and do you know what that's what these games are designed for and that's what I want to see from Matondo Haji Yilmaz uh, and, and, and some of the other fringe players I want to see you grab your chance uh, because if you're going to continue to play the way you've played all season the door is there and and I would have said the exact same about Robbie McCrory if he made howlers. Um, I'm not being a hypocrite. If Robbie McCrory had an absolute stinker at the weekend, I would have said, mm, Kenny, I don't think we should retain this boy. This is not looking great. But he came in and he's taking his chance and I fully expect him to continue to do so. Um, well, Kiwanity actually, the, the team for, for Celtic, we'll start with Kiwanity Celtic game and other, we've got a little wee bits of news just before we come on to the Celtic game. Um, Michael Beale, Alfredo Morelos. Uh, well, Kenny, it's over. The Morelos Rangers love affair is done. Now, I'm sad the way it's ended. Uh, I, I believe Alfredo Morelos deserved a better ending. However, I also believe Rangers and our fans, we deserved a better ending from Alfredo as well. So it works both ways there. I think we've let each other down. Um, I don't I don't mean the fans have let Alfredo down. I, I, I believe the club, to a certain extent, has let Alfredo down. And I believe Alfredo has let the club down. And, and then consequently, the fans don't win from that. Um Let's know what it's done, Kenny, so let's not bash the boy. I'm sure we will talk a lot about Alfredo Morelos in years to come. And I'm sure over the next couple of weeks on this podcast, we'll talk a lot about Alfredo Morelos. So if we just park this season's Alfredo Morelos and just focus on Bill's comments. Listen, Kenny, I've been calling it since Bill came in. Stop sugarcoating this. Stop telling us something that isn't the case. Stop telling us that this team is winners. Stop telling us that this squad isn't broken. Stop telling us that we need a revamp when it's a rebuild we need. Stop telling us that you believe these players are good enough to play for Rangers. Tell us in the media exactly what we already know because we're not idiots. You should know that Rangers fans are not idiots. So I'd be a hypocrite right now if I if I then tell you that Michael Beale slightly disappointed me um, at the weekend there. But Kenny, I'm going to tell you, Michael Beale's slightly disappointed with the weekend there because <laughs> it's it's very easy to pick on Alfredo Morelos and, and that's not to say that I disagree with his comments, but I now fully expect Michael Beale to come out and say the exact same about Ryan Kent and he's not gone because Ryan Kent's his boy. So I'm no, I'm no wearing this. It's, I'm just, nah. If you're going to go down this road, uh, Michael Beale, you have to tell us about all the underachievers this season and... Alfredo's up there, of course he is, but his pal Ryan Kent, who's also a contract, he's right next to him, and Kent's getting a, a free pass from me. Call it all out or not at all. I don't want this singling out and victimisation of a player who has been called out and victimised his whole time in this country. Um, and 
Yeah, uncomfortable with it, Kenny. And people say to me when I brought this point up, oh, but Ryan Kent was not playing. I'm pretty sure I seen Ryan. Oh, actually, maybe did I? Did I see Ryan Kent in that semi final? I don't know. I, I believe he started. Don't think I did see him. Why was Ryan Kent no called out when he got hauled off at half time at Hamden? Um, double standards for me, Kenny, to be honest, and just disappointing that it's been handled in this manner. And yes, I get it. I'm a hypocrite, but I'm a football fan. I'm allowed to be fickle. I don't think you're a hypocrite at all. I actually thought that um, uh, a little bit, I thought the comments a little bit strange. Um, there, there was no need for them. The, but the, the question wasn't even asked. About no, that, that's exactly that, that's what I'm saying. There was no need to come out with that. Uh, I think uh, his frustration has boiled over. I think it also uh, equates to the, you know, uh, the comments about us being so wasteful and all the rest of it. Um, Michael Bill's going to have to start walk, you know, realising that he's walking in broke, broken glass at times. I think he's um, he's making a rod for his own back, mm-hmm. I, I think, with some of his comments. And I, I like, you know, how I feel about Michael Bill. I like him and I, I hope he does well. Uh, I'm yet to be 100% convinced. I thought I would be by now. Um, I think the... We are far too open at the back. I think we're far too wasteful up front, um, which is a kind of strange thing because as he got here, we were we were all you know, not just us in the pod. Everybody was talking about how we need bodies in the midfield, and that would sort it. And once we've got that, we've realised actually front and back is is a, a bit of a mess as well. Um, but they're the actual probably easier if you know the easier positions uh, or areas of the pitch to fix. And Michael Bale hasn't particularly done a great job of either of them. Um, so targeting individual players when it's a team game, I, I never think that's a wise, uh, you know, path to travel when you're a manager. Uh, regardless to whether Alfred was leaving or not, I, I, I don't think there's any need for that. The boy's been here six years. He's had a poor season. He's down to to a certain degree and all the rest of it. But uh, Michael Bale's, you know, uh, try to choose my words carefully, carefully here, but. It has to rein that kind of thing in a, a wee bit for me. I've got to be honest. I didn't particularly like the comment either. Um, and then, but he then turned around and said something else, didn't he? About you know maybe in time, you know, in time the Rangers supporters will feel a little bit differently. Um, well, yeah, but you know, going straight to your point there, well, we're probably more pissed off with Ryan Kent this season than we are with Alfredo Morelos. We're we're kind of half used to this with. Well, Alfie, aren't we? Yeah. That you know, but Ryan Kent has literally down tools the second half of this season. Yeah, and exactly what you've said. He's not. He's not going to throw Ryan Kent under a bus the way he did with Alfredo. No. He, he, he's just not. He's he's just not. No, he won't. And you were absolutely. You're right to highlight that because uh, I I wasn't particularly impressed. And as I say, you know how I feel, and I'm I'm loath to criticise Michael Beale. Because I think this, to a certain degree, this six months from November to the end of May are a kind of bedding in period for him as well, uh, and letting him assess and analyse what he's what he needs and what he can keep and all the rest. But no, I, I do agree with you. I, I didn't particularly like that comment at all. I didn't think it was necessary, and it left me kind of scratch my head a wee bit. Given it, well, what did you say that for? Yeah, yeah, no, it was. Look, it's, it's, there's a lot of factors to it, Kenny. Um, you know, 
we've all got an emotional attachment to Morelos and the comments came on the back of him confirming that Morelos is leaving so it was a kind of kicking the man when he was down but listen, I also get that Morelos is frustrated the fan base, myself included this season uh, some comments a wee bit over the top, some comments accurate he has let us down, he's let himself down but do you know what, so of them all so of them all you know what I mean? So it's why uh-huh. was why was single on Alfredo? If we're gonna go on heavy on Alfredo, let's go on he- and heavy in, in, in the mall then. Yet there's some players in the team that some people just will not have criticism of. So um look, no Rangers player individually or collectively within the team has had a good season. You can look at Tav, oh he's hitting his he's hitting his stats again, but at the end of the day, Tav's still part of a Rangers team that is going to watch Celtic win a treble. So um you, you can look at obviously um, Goldson, he's he's had a fairly decent season. Uh, the two the two boys that came in in January, Campbell, Raskin, again they've done well. But at the end of the day, ultimately they're part of another failure. So look, we've not had a great season. We've not had a good season. We've not even had an we've not even had an average season. It's been a terrible season. Um, and I've been the biggest critic of these players. Um, but the consistency for me is I I, I spread it out. You know what I mean? I don't pick on one player. Um, and and blame that one player for all the problems we've had this season. I can quite um, quite easily spread it out and and this and articulate myself in a way that this is why this player's an issue. This is why that player's an issue. I don't just focus on the one player, and I believe that's what's happened now by the manager and by the, a, a good section of all support. And and others are getting a free ride because of that, and and that's just not for me. But at the end of the day. What I will say is, um, and it's taken me quite a long time to come to grips with this, Kenny. To be honest, um, I'm probably I'm still going. I'm going to say it just now. I'm probably still not believing that I believe myself. Um, it, it, it's time for Morelos to move on. And listen, I'm, I was going to say no one's more sadder than me. There, there probably is, but I'm I'm really really I'm really really sad about it. Um, um and I'm really sad just because of the man. Obviously I love Alfredo and I love I've loved him as a player. I'm particularly sad about how it's ended. It's it's not fitting for the the service that, that Alfredo's gave us, especially when you consider one million pounds and what he gave us in that time, record European goal scorer on and, and his character. Um so it's the right time but uh, a very poor ending for me. Uh, would you would you go along with it? Yes, listen, he's been the most influential player uh, at Rangers in the last five years. There's no question of that. He's been a, probably our best player over the last five years um, in terms of, um, how would I put it, uh, being integral, absolutely integral to the way we play. Um, I, listen, I, I'm going to say so. I actually feel uh, very similar to yourself. Really sorry for, for Alfredo Morelos uh, and the way this has ended because I, I just look back to this point last year where Gio was literally working that kid to the bone to the point where his thigh ruptured uh, oh. and he ended up having an operation that carried right through the summer. If people forget that, he didn't start. He wasn't fit at the, the start of the season, so he couldn't get his move Um which he probably knew, I think everybody probably knew, even up at Ibrox himself, he'd probably be moving on last summer, um, and he didn't get that opportunity, and I think he's just had enough of it, um, and he wants to. He just wants to way, he wants a new start. There, there's nothing wrong with that. I just f- wish uh, this season had been slightly different for him, but um, no, I've got nothing but good things to say about his time here 
apart for this season, um, which I've, I've, I've just found a wee bit sad to watch. Uh, but as I said last week about Ryan Kent, and I'll say it again about Alfredo, um, give me a year or so and I'll do, I'll look back with nothing but good memories on the on this this boy because he uh, he is one of the best strikers I've seen up there. He's a tremendous striker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll be sad to see him go. Oh, absolutely. But, but, but it's time breaking. to go. My heart is breaking. You know what I mean? I, I know. Mean, I haven't even told my daughter yet, and she 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 loves Alfredo. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm I think going... that's part of it as well, isn't it? That you know, a lot of the younger generation, he is an absolute hero to them, and yeah, with with, with absolutely rightly so, and uh, you know, it'll be sad for a lot of people uh, among the support, but it is time to go, mate. It is the time yeah. to build a new team and start afresh. Absolutely. Um, so a couple of wee bits of news here. Looks like Ryan Jack's going to stay. You, how, how do you feel about that? Um, uh, I'm not sure. Um, I, I believe it's on a, a reduced wage and uh, that... I can understand it, actually. I, I, I do understand why he's Scottish. Uh, he is a good player. Um, but you're going to get 30 games a season maximum out of him. So, you know, there's uh, there's that attachment to it, isn't there? That, that There's a but if... If you know what I mean, but yeah. if he gets injured, he's going to be out for a month, and then that will happen three or four times over the season. He'll be out for 12, 14 weeks over the course of every season. That's what has happened since he's got here. So, um, Kenny, if the deal's right in terms of if the deal's right for Rangers financially, and if what you're saying uh, turns out to be the reality, which is um, we get 25, 30 games a season at him, I actually think it's a good deal. I mean, yeah. Like, when it comes to Ryan Jack, can he still perform for Rangers? Yes, he can when he's fit. So if all parties involved, the club, Ryan Jack and the fans are all aligned to what this deal looks like, and that is he's on possibly some a reduced salary. We're going to get him 25, 30 times in the pitch a season. Probably we will need to give up Scotland duty. If we're off on that just now before he signs the deal, would you accept that? Yes. Anything other than that's then a bonus. And... As I say, when he's on the field, he's right up there in terms of the best midfielders that we have. I would, I'm going to go further, um, actually, and say that he's one of the best in Scotland. Uh, absolutely love Ryan Jack. Biggest frustration with him, obviously, is his injury record. So, homegrown quota, tick, Scottish, tick, knows the club. I know that. <laughs> I know that's a, a bone of contention, but it still is a positive for me. Tick loves the club, essential. Um, and and uh, as, a, as a good player, so yeah, he's he's age. He's not obviously he's not young, but he's not old either. You know, he's he's the perfect age for a midfielder for me. Uh, that kind of thirty thirty one. So I absolutely I, I totally understand people saying oh, but he's never going to play every week, week in week out. But if we know that, if that's the deal, get into this. Um, yeah, we, we do it. We do the deal because at the end of the day. We're going to be in a situation where if we get rid of these players that are Scottish homegrown, we then need to replace them with Scottish yeah. homegrown, and it's going to be a lesser player than Ryan Jack. So we, we retain these types of players um, with the understanding that, yeah, he's not going to play every week, but when he does perform for us, it will be the, probably the bigger games, and we will need him for then. So, no, I'm delighted with that news, to be honest. Um, I know that may be overstating it, but I really am. No, the, the only concern is his injury. Record. That's the only concern about Ryan Jack is that 
you know, he's, we know he's going to be in and out of that team over the course of next season. But it's a one-year deal, I believe, and uh, we'll see how he fares. Um, but I've no problem with, with keeping Ryan Jack. I've got to be honest, I think he's a fine player. Very fine player, actually. Yeah. Um, Antonio Cholak, it looks like he's out the door. Uh, listen, anyone that listens to me over the past year or so on Twitter, uh, or even on this podcast, and all my feelings on Antonio Cholak, um, ah, of course he's a good finisher, that's undisputable. Not the type of player that we need, because we need a, we need a striker that's going to knit the team together from middle to front. Um, uh, it's going to bring others into play hold that ball up have that ball stick to them to bring others into play in the games where we might not have possession we need them to be hustling and harrying outside that box making themselves available everywhere left, cent- left right, centre um, that's just not who Antonio Cholak is can't ever see the argument for retaining him in case we're chasing again because every time he's come on off the bench he's just been ineffective Um he will be on a decent wage. We will still be able to get a decent fee for him. His stock is he's probably one of the only players where the stock has risen this season for Rangers. So, um, nah, sell him on. Get the money back from him at the very least. And I can guarantee you this, Kenny, we will get a player who will be able to play in our system, who will con- contribute more to our system than, than Antonio Cholak for the money that we get back from him. So, it's all positive for me. I thank Antonio for the the year at Rangers. Um, he will look back on it fondly. But uh, for me, it was... Eh, don't understand the signing in the first place. Again, it's this player profile thing. But he still kind of um, proved some of his doubters wrong, getting that goal against PSV, a very lucrative goal. Uh, but going forward, nah, we move on. Um, do, you, do you have any difference of opinion there? None whatsoever. Uh, I, I, again, I, I totally agree. I think it's time for the, for the guy to move on. I don't think he fits the way that Michael Bill wants to play. Um, the money we got for Cedric Eaton, we spent on uh, Cholak, and you'll get that money back. Apparently, there's quite a lot of interest in him anyway, so uh, you'll definitely get the money back that we paid for him. And wish him well. Uh, but no, the biggest problem you have is that he... He isn't and can't be Rangers' number one striker. Mm. And he, he absolutely, uh, you're absolutely nailed that there, you know, a minute ago where you said that he, when he's come on as a sub, he's made no impact whatsoever. Absolutely zero impact when he's come on as a sub. So he can't do that either. So, uh, yeah, goes with my best boy. Boy can finish, though. Tell you that, that he's a fine finisher. Um, in, in and around the, you know, penalty box, he'll well, be a good player for somebody. I mean, this is it. People say, oh, but he scored all these goals, but it's came to the detriment of the team in many ways, really, because his position to score those goals is obviously between the sticks. Now, that's a kind of bread and butter thing for for, for a striker back in the day, but the modern game um, really dictates that the striker needs to be outside that box to open up teams to create chances to then get get themselves into the box. Now, we're at a kind of stage here, Kenny, where we've got a striker in Cholak who can be in that box all day long but we will not create as many chances for him so his strike rate really does need to be good um, which it was to be fair um, but it also means that we need to carry him for, for, for most of the match when we don't have the, the ball in that area and then alternatively Morelos who again has not had a great season but he can do better um, and then when the ball does get in the box 
Morelos is still outside the box, so we've got two complete opposites, and we don't need either. We need we need somebody who can be out the box, play football outside the box, and then when the ball arrives inside the box, they're there in the box as well to put it home. That's what we need. And I get those strikers cost a lot of money, but I expect a lot of money to be spent in that department. Yeah, well, I certainly hope so. Um, yeah, and you've also got another one in Kamar Roof who sits not playing week in, week out. So uh, it, th- this is an area that uh, has to be priority. Uh, two new strikers uh, in uh, along with Kamar Roof next season. Hopefully he can get some kind of fitness and you can get some kind of use out of him in his last year. But um, I wouldn't hold my breath on that either. But <laughs> I was going to say, don't. don't uh, no, I, I, why would you? Uh, boy's barely kicked a ball for 18 months and he's he's been here three years and he was injured the first half. He, he's, he's, you know, the first 18 months of that on and off as well. So, uh, you know, uh, it's just an area that needs a total uh, upheaval. Yeah. It's out with the old and in with the new, honestly. Absolutely. But Absolutely. good luck to Cholak. Uh, seems like a lovely chap. And uh, as I say, boy can finish, but not the player we need, Chris. Kenny Barkley, the finance manager, looks to be the, the latest director to leave Rangers. Um, or the finance director, I'm not quite sure what his term is, but obviously he's in the, the, the upper echelons of the, the hierarchy there at Rangers. So, um, look, man, it's, this is the kill of all kills. Um, Kenny yeah. Bennett is not fucking about. No, he's not. And I believe there's more to come. Um, is there anybody left? <laughs> <laughs> well, James Blair's left. Don't oh, be surprised if he's away. Um, but uh, yeah, by all accounts, the, you, you know, you've just said it yourself, it's the cull of all culls, isn't it? It's, it's a total uh, sweep with the broom. Um, Much needed, by Of course it is. Uh, you know, I think there's been a, we mentioned this before, but, you know, there has been a, a whole lot of patting yourselves in the back up there. Meanwhile, <laughs> winning nothing and the team across the city are winning everything, so yeah, something's got to give. Um, next season will probably want to be one of our biggest in our history, Chris. Uh, and from top to bottom, a root and branch change is required because uh, success uh, is demanded next season. Uh, because I, I actually don't think they'll understand it. Uh, I think that I think they might be beginning to understand. Put it that way. The if Celtic happen to win two trophies next year while we win none, the way our faces are going to get rubbed in it, uh, the ranking file will blame no one but that board. Trust me. It will be them that get it. So they have to get this right from top to bottom. So fair play to John Bennett. He's come in and he's going about his business. Still waiting for his... his interview to come out. I'm, I'm expecting it to probably tomorrow or Friday because we were told it'd be this week, weren't we? So, well, um, just on that, just on that, that was dependent. Um, I, 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 do, I, I do still believe it's been done, um, but this week was the week that it was to be released. But that was on the assumption that the old firm game would be the third match after the split. And the fact that they might be waiting. Yeah, yeah, so the fact that the old four match is the second match after the split has flung them a bit of a curveball because Rangers genuinely, uh, uh, genuinely had that game penciled in for the third game. So the SFA, we all know what the SFA have tried to do there. Um, so I wouldn't hold your breath that it's going to come out this week, but it's 
again, it'll be dependent upon the result uh, on uh, Saturday. However, what I will say is it absolutely needs to be released to ASAP because we're going to come on to the Celtic game in a wee minute. Nobody gives a fuck about this game um, in terms of win, lose or draw. There is some ramifications maybe for Michael Beale, but honestly, I cannot remember the last time that Rangers fans' general um, mood getting into a game like this was not asked. I remember some of the dead rubbles against Celtic under Gerrard. They were still important because it had been so long, you know, until we actually had consistent wins against Celtic. So they were still important to a certain extent. But the fact that we've came so far, we were the top dogs, Europa League final, and then the fall from grace to the point where we're playing Celtic in a game that just has no um, meaningful outcome other than possibly... I was going to say bragging rights, Kenny, but even at that, you, you would be getting into your work then in, in Monday bragging to Celtic fans. Uh, we beat you, we beat you. Uh, they've got a pretty good trump card to shut you up straight away, don't they? So There is no bragging rights in this game whatsoever that, for us. That's what I'm trying to say. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I say it, so you can... No, but there, there, listen, Chris, there isn't. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. Oh, no. You try and brag about beating them at a... a a, a match that means absolutely zero to either of us. What are they going to do? Exactly. They're just going to throw the league in your face, the cup in your, you know, the league cup in your face. They're going to throw the semi final in your face. You, there's no bragging rights. This, this is where we are this season. That's the problem, and this is why um, people are <laughs> have went through the full gamut of emotions this season. From you know. You know, ecstasy of getting to the the Champions League, to agony, to anger, to uh, just disdain, and now just apathy. Do you know yeah. what I mean? All season, it's just got worse and worse and worse to the point where we're all apathetic about uh, a game against them uh, at Ibrox. That should never be the case, and no, no. the board should hold their hands up and say that's their fault because it is. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I'm a bit like yourself. I, I I don't even know what to think about Saturday, to be honest. And yeah, be nice to beat them, but means very little. Nah, I'm I'm way on that one, mate. Um, so just on to this game then. Obviously, um, as I said, the only individual, if you will, that has any ramifications from this game possibly is Michael Beal. Um, a defeat or a draw extends a winless run against them, which will follow him. Um like a shadow um, until he gets that win, if he gets that win, um, and that will follow him right into next season, which is not great. Suppose from a positive point of view, maybe laid on a marker. Uh, I don't really believe in that either because most of these players are only going to be here next season. So, um, look, for me, the way I would frame this game is leave Rangers with your head held a wee bit higher than it is uh, currently. You're not going to leave a hero, even if you beat them. So I wouldn't get that into your head, but at least leave with a bit of fighting pride. And for Michael Beale, get that monkey off your back, get into a fresh season. Because as I said, the longer this goes on, the pressure's going to build on him. It really is. And it's not just going to be from outside sources, it's going to be from inside. There's already a few people doubting Michael Beale already within the Rangers fan base. Um, I've got my doubts. Uh, I, I have my... I'm, 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 I've got positivity towards Michael Beale, but I also have my doubts. And the doubts I have about him, uh, they are getting highlighted more and more. Uh, and that's not a good thing. It can't be a good thing. I still believe he's a man currently. Uh, so it's important for him. 
it really, really is to get this right. And well, well, first of all, I was going to say about the team selection, but just on that point, do you buy into that, or do you think that's a lot of shade? Do you think he's? I just don't believe Michael Beale should be given a season to be written off. Um, and I don't think he has. But the fact that we've failed to beat them thus far in games that actually mattered, it, it's it's kind of like I don't know, maybe we. I'm just trying to because I'm trying to be I'm trying to kind of choose my words here, Kenny, because I'm I know that it might sound kind of overly critical, but we're trying to be realistic and we know a rebuild's coming. But I think a lot of Rangers fans are judging beyond what his attitude was like when it came when he came into this, the, the team, and he was very very confident he could turn this around. Maybe not the league form, but certainly certainly the cup games, and and now it's kind of went uh, you know one eighty, um, and it's full rebuild, this one's leaving, that one's leaving. And that does raise questions in some people's minds, myself included. So I, I do I, I do have to say that as much as this is a meaningless game for us, I, I actually do think there is a, a, a quite a big element of importance for it for Michael Beale. Um Yeah, well, look, I, I can only speak for myself, right? So what I would say to that is, that, yeah, we've, we've already mentioned it on this pod, that if you go five games and you don't win any against them, you, you're automatically under pressure. It doesn't matter um, what the, the you know the whole big picture is, uh, and the fact that you know this this squad has actually crumbled in front of our eyes over the course of this season. The simple fact is that he's came in and he's tried uh, almost mothering them or loving them, if you like. And telling everybody how wonderful this this squad of players is. I've worked with them. Uh, I know them. They're winners. Uh, to the point where he again the you know going through the full gamut of emotions. Looking at Michael Beale when he came in in November. Looking at him now. Um, I don't know if you watched the the post match match interview against Aberdeen. He was raging. Uh, it's the only way to describe it. He was appalled by what he witnessed by some of those players and you know. Uh, you know, on Sunday when he mentioned Morelos, it wasn't the first time he'd done it. He did it a couple of weeks ago when he said, I thought most of them had given me their all. Um, he's fed up with them as well. And that's where I am with it, uh, with Michael Beale. That, to be honest, I, I've i just said, I, I, I thought this is a kind of bedding period for Michael Beale. Let him make his mistakes now with a squad to a certain degree uh, because he, he won't be allowed any next season. Yeah. Uh, he just won't, honestly. Uh, the, the pressure will be such that uh, the fans, you know what we're like at the best of times, a one-each draw against Livingston is tantamount to a, to a disaster. So um, he's going to have to hit the ground running next season. Excuse me. <coughs> but the, the thing that I would say is that I tend to agree with you as well. The only person this means anything to uh, on Saturday in terms of importance I mean, obviously it means plenty to everybody, but in terms of the importance of it is Michael Beale because he's yeah. really got to get this monkey off his back because if he doesn't get it off his back on Saturday, he goes into the first game uh, next season at Ibrooks with a huge amount of pressure to win that game. Um, and that that's going to be difficult for yeah. him. We're a brand new team. So, <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to have a coffin fit. <coughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, th- that's the problem that he has. Um, but it, it, for me, sorry, on you go. I, I, I was just going to say you, you're absolutely right because he's somebody kind of hedges bets on guys that are only going to be here next year. 
and it's it's really difficult for him because if he doesn't win this game, the, the pressure get into that first old firm game of next season, which will be at Ibrox, of course, is it's going to be huge, especially if we're chasing early on, which I hope we're not. Um, it's going to be massive. If well, the early pace settles, the pressure might be relieved a little, but you know you've got a potential really, really difficult Champions League qualifiers to navigate, where the likelihood is that in the balance of probability, we're most likely not going to qualify for the Champions League because we're going to have to put out another PSV. Um, but before we put out another PSV, we have to come through a really tricky tie like a USG again. So there's no guarantees we're going to do that. Um, so if that happens, pressure starts to build. Um, you'll then have an early League Cup tie, which should take care of itself. But again, a poor performance in that. The pressure starts to build. Um, and then getting into that first all-firm game of the season, um, if you're the pace setters, as I say, it might be relieved a little. If you're chasing, right, the pressure's on. If you're head to head, if you if you're even, um, the the pressure's on. And and I defeat the L, it just starts to unravel. And it's listen, what I'll say this, I'll, I'll say this right now. Um, I think Michael Beale will succeed as a Rangers manager. I obviously want him to succeed as a Rangers manager, but he does not um have as much time as what many people are making out he does. He needs to get the next six months of his uh, Rangers career pretty much spot on. It needs to be faultless. And that starts on Saturday for me. Yeah, it does. Uh, that, that's what I'm saying. That's where the only the only importance to this game is is really for Michael Beale. And I feel sorry for him because um, I think that's a little bit harsh because he is working with a squad of players that have proven over the, the course of an entire season that they're not as good as this uh, team across the city. So I don't really know how he gets a tune out of them uh, in a meaningless game, if you like, particularly when they're coming up, uh, they're turning up, trying to win or going for a points tally, a record points tally that um, they'll, they've got something to play for on Saturday, Chris. We don't. So he's going to have to try and motivate them and... Uh, get a tune out of, you know, one last very fine tune out of them, put it that way, uh, which is going to be difficult for them. Let's not kid ourselves. It's This is going to be a tough game for for Michael Beale on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it certainly will be. Um, the the last kind of talking point here, Kenny, um, just before we wrap it up, who would you play? Uh, do you expect McGregor, um, Barisic, um uh, Etc. Kind of even maybe Morelos. Do you, do you expect these guys to come back in? Uh, I actually don't know. I think that's quite an intriguing one because at this minute in time, I would be inclined to play Robbie McCrory. He's played in the one before. Uh, I think he deserves his chance. Um, and that's no disrespect to Alan McGregor. He can come in last game at Ibrox and say his farewells. He's got a testimonial, uh, testimonial at the start of next season as well against Newcastle. So that's not an issue. I would definitely be playing Robbie McCrory to see how he handles it. Um, Yilmaz, I would definitely start. Uh, I would probably be inclined to start Matondo. I wouldn't start Kent. I think Kent's gone and done. So, uh, no, uh, I wouldn't play... Morelos, no, I, I, I think he's his head's gone. Bill's Bill's put himself in a, a situation here where he just simply can't play Morelos, and and I include coming off the bench. And, and yeah, that. Pro- yeah, probably. Uh, and again, that's where Michael Will needs to kind of stop and think about what he's saying because um, if for for talking sake, Fashion Sakala gets injured, 
Uh, who's he going to play there? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, don't be surprised. Uh, you know, I didn't watch the uh, Glasgow Cup final tonight, but I heard that Zach Lovelace was uh, very decent tonight. So don't be surprised if he finds himself on the bench. Yeah. Uh, but he won't play him because you, you, that's unfair to the kid to play him in that. Yeah, I can't do that. No, but it, don't be surprised if he's on the bench, though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. To give him a bit of experience. But I, I thought I gave it. I think he's, he's certainly earned that, at least. Uh, listen, uh, it'll be interesting to see what Michael Beale does on Saturday because uh, we've been crying out for it in the knowledge that the league's gone, that he, he, he tries to freshen it up, plays, plays some fringe players. Um, and to be honest, the, the, the tried and trusted... Uh, have let him down since he's turned up basically in the main. You know, they've they've beaten everybody else, Chris, but against Celtic, they, they haven't uh, managed to get the result. And they've been unlucky a couple of times, to be fair. So um, what he does uh, on Saturday, I'm not quite sure, but I would definitely play McCrory. I would probably play Matondo uh, just to see what he, what he can do for no other reason. Uh, put him in a, you know, put him in a spotlight. Let other people see him, perhaps. Uh, try to get you know if you are thinking of moving him on. But I don't know what you think. What, what's your take on it in terms of who he plays? Well, I would agree with McCrory, um, and I would agree with Yilmaz in, in terms of the kind of. Cause I think Lundstrom and Raskin they're, they're going to start regardless. So yeah, that's kind of your your. Um, your eight, if you will, or your seven. Um, obviously, McCrory, Tav, Goldson. It will be suitor. Obviously, Ben Davis is getting an injury. Uh, so, Yilmaz, Lundstrom and Raskin. So, they're, they're nailed on for me. The front four, I, I don't know what he's going to do because I think this Morelos situation has completely... Um, he's snookered himself. I don't know why he's done it. He's snookered himself because he's going to have to play Sakala. Um, he's the only other available striker. So, he's going to have to play Sakala. And he's going to have to play Sakala, knowing that Ryan Kent's not fit. Mm-hmm. Um, Rabbi Matondo is his only option there. Um, so, for me, Kenny, to be honest with you, uh, same team that started against Aberdeen. Uh, you're pretty much the same as me, really, aren't you? It's... With the exception of uh, Ben Davis, because it will be John Sill. Yeah. Um, and I would fully expect that, be- purely because that's what Michael Beale's telling us in these in these. Press conferences, he's told us that Morelos is essentially a disgrace, so you can't start him against Celtic. And I would even argue the the toss that you can't even have him on the bench because his performance against Aberdeen came from the bench. So why would you have him on the bench if he's got? If you believe that that's what he's well not contributing to the team. So um, yeah, to be fair to Michael, Bill, that's the only thing I would say in in any way uh, defensively to what Michael Bill said. Alfredo was honking. On uh, Sunday, he was dreadful. Yeah, <laughs> he really was. Ah, yes, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, and look, the only thing I can really say, uh, not that any Rangers player is listening, but I'm hoping that Michael Beale is relaying this message. As uh, it's not even just go and win, right? Because I understand that's a very simplistic message that is easier said than done. So I'll, I'll go on. I'll go on the negative um, narrative. If you're going to lose, lose because the better team won. Don't lose because you gave them the game. Yeah. And that's happened, what, the last three, four matches now? Well, certainly the last three matches. You've got the semi-final, the final, and the game at Parkhead. We've handed them the game um, in each occasion. Uh, so just 
do your job, keep your concentration, keep switched on, and we'll see what happens. And that that's literally the only advice that, that needs to be given to this team because we've given them too many goals, which has contributed to giving them a trophy and a, a final slot and essentially a league title. Just don't shoot yourself in the foot. And if we do get beat, make sure it's because Celtic were the better team. Um, and I think over the piece, it's well, not even, I think it's, it's pretty much as a fact. Over the piece, Celtic have been the better team. But over the last four old firm matches, um, they've, they've not even had to play at their best. So there's not been much in these games. And it's came down to individual errors from Rangers players. Don't make that happen again. And that's all I would say. Yeah, we, we keep taking a shotgun to our own foot, yep. Chris. We do, yep. we, uh, time and time again. And if we can cut out those errors, uh, I would fully expect not to lose the game, strangely, on Saturday. But uh, look, we'll wait and see. And... Uh, what I would say about that is, look, just leave it all out there. There's been a number of them that, you know, this will be their very last game against them. Don't go out on a losing side. That's that's what I would say. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so that wraps it up. Obviously, quite a mega episode. This obviously covered quite a lot of things. Aberdeen game, the Celtic game, and a lot of Rangers news because it just seems to be every week passes by. There's more and more news, and uh, John Bennett's killing more and more careers at Rangers. So um, <laughs> And it's current in its current form, obviously it needs to stop at some point. But if he's getting rid of all the kind of clearing the decks, if you will, if you want to put a more positive spin on it, then that can only be a good thing. Um so before I thank Kenny, just uh, obviously the listeners, um if you could please follow, subscribe, or like us on all social media platforms. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we're on YouTube, TikTok. Amazon Music, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, so um, if you could, as I say, follow, like or subscribe, leave a review, um, that would be great as well. Um, Kenny, thanks very much, mate. Um, great shift tonight, pleasure as always. Um, and yeah, I hope you enjoy this game more than you've enjoyed the last few. I certainly hope so. Great yeah. to have you, yeah, t- great to be Have-you on, Chris. Ah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> It's typical, mate, we go through that over an hour and a half of a flawless podcast and then it comes to the bye-byes and we're like... <laughs> I know, I'm going to talk to you in two minutes when we stop recording anyway. <laughs> oh, Kerry, thanks, mate, uh, honestly. No, it's all good, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, yeah, and thanks to the listeners. We will be back next week, uh, obviously, to discuss um, this game. So let's hope that there's a, a kind of more positive spin on things and we're discussing a victory for Rangers, let's hope. So enjoy the game on Saturday and join us next week. Thanks very much.